0: First time in five years, the United States men's national team is lifting the Gold Cup trophy once again, following their one to zero victory over Panama on Sunday afternoon up in Chicago. This is the SBI show. I am Garrett Cleverly. As always, with me is Ivis Galarcep. What's up, man?
1: Uh, nothing much, man. I'm here in uh, here in the windy city uh, after the U.S.'s big win, and you know it was a uh, it was a little tougher than than maybe some would have expected, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they passed the test. Uh, Panama was the toughest test of the tournament, and, and the U.S. Uh, came away with the victory.
0: Well, as, as Jurgen said, they they, patched, they, they passed the, the benchmark. I mean, it seems like almost every quote he says is, you know, we, we got to this level. We, we've hit the level that we need to get to. Okay, what's the next level that we can get to now?
1: Right. I mean, he's clearly, you know, look, he, he's not satisfied with any of this. You know, he sees it all as, 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 as steps in the process to build the U.S. into a real contender, into a real kind of international power. So, uh, you know, he had his plans for this tournament and his goals for this tournament, and, and by all accounts, uh, this team met every one of those goals.
0: Do you think that's smart from him, too? I mean, we can get into the game, obviously, in, in just a second, and tons to talk about, too. MLS action this weekend, we, we didn't talk about it in the last show because that was more of a U.S. Men's National Team special show. But in this show, do you see that as a positive sign that Jurgen looks at everything as baby steps and you have to get to that level before maybe you think of new things or you're bringing new players do you think this is a healthy approach with this team well I mean it's the standard approach
1: I mean it's nothing new it's no it's <laughs> it, honestly it's not any any earth-shattering idea I mean it, it, you you want as a coach of a national team you want you want to keep setting the bar higher and higher and and have the, that vision for for what you want the team to be I mean I don't I don't know if the coaches before necessarily uh, didn't, didn't have those same ideas. But I think he's, he has been great in, in the way he's, he's gone about uh, doing it with this team uh, and really pushing this team to, to, to new heights and, and you know trying out new players. And, and he's definitely, while he has definitely done his part to help move this thing along, he's also benefited from the fact that this pool, the U.S. player pool, is as deep as it's been, and and I know some people will want to give him credit for that, uh, and you have to give him credit for trying guys, but the pool is deeper because the pool is just at that point where more players, more American players are making moves overseas, uh, getting opportunities, developing as players, and, and right now we're seeing the, the benefit of that in that we have all this depth now, we have all these players, and Klinsman is doing a masterful job of bringing those guys in, trying them out and and helping move them along and gain and help them gain experience which gives him that many more options all over the field.
0: Well that's especially important going forward, you know, with injuries, you can never know what can happen, but on Sunday United States defeated Panama 1 to 0 Panama. Was everything that was advertised, very tough on defense, very organized when they attacked, they threw players forward. I mean, I counted how many times player Panama brought players forward. It seemed like they were up they would they would have three guys up up the field in the final third, and then seconds later, five guys will be running up to help in the attack. I mean, Quintero was deadly on the wing, but the U.S., regardless, outlasted Panama, defeating them, Breck Shea, with another goal in the game. When you look at the game, what are your positives from this? Well, look, the, you know, the U.S., they, they, uh,
1: you know, they weren't going to score a ton of goals in this game, uh, and maybe we were a little ambitious in, in, in predicting the 3-1 scoreline. When you get to a game like a final uh when you know you don't want to make any mistakes teams are, teams are, are gonna be you know defense first, defense oriented and and both these teams early on were clearly trying to feel each other out in that regard. Uh, but Panama man, I'll give them credit their, their defense the way I mean they played the way we thought they play you know they, they definitely had that kind of shell that that wall of six uh, that that just was so well organized. And then they were also uh, dangerous on the counter uh, which is what we, you know we, we said they were gonna do. Uh, they were going to knock the ball forward to the to the you know those att- that attacking quartet up top and 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 they caused some problems in the first half. Uh, you have to give it to them, but again, the U.S. met that challenge. Uh, they knew what was coming, and uh, they were able to neutralize them to some degree uh, for the most part. I mean, there were a few dangerous chances for for you know Quintero and uh, and on the wings, but for the most part, the U.S. neutralized the, what what Panama could hurt them with. Uh, and even though they, they weren't able to, to, you know, generate truly dangerous chances as often as, as they had earlier in the tournament, they still controlled the game. They still uh, made sure that they bossed this game and they knocked it around. It And then once, you know, the, as tough as the first half was, the second half, the U.S. really took control. They, they, they really just squeezed the game mm-hmm. and, and really squeezed Panama and, and just kind of wore them out. And um, Panama just didn't have any answers.
0: Well, you can also see in the second half, the U.S. made some changes. I mean, Landon Donovan started to, started to push wide a little more, try to find space for the ball in different areas. And, and then I think what you really saw was the fact that Michael Parkhurst and DeMarcus Beasley started to get up the field more. I mean, Michael Parker started finally making overlapping runs. And look, and, and I'm glad he didn't make many overlapping runs in the first half because the two, three times that Panama countered in the first half, especially with Quintero, that was against the side that Parker's was on, which was you know kind of nerve wracking because I mean Contreras fast and he pretty much outran everyone on the U.S. I mean you know good for U.S. getting back and recovering on defense to stop it. But regardless, like you said, there were some nerve wracking moments. But I think what really helped is you saw a little bit more off the ball movement. I mean Michael Parker's made that run which freed up Bedoya to send that cross in. You, are there any other changes that you saw that allowed the U.S. to take more of a dominating presence and, and really push for that goal in the second half?
1: Well, I think well, I think Leonard Donovan was a big key for that. You know, I think he he's someone who, along with you know the the other attackers on the team, uh, struggled in the first half breaking through and finding the game. And I think in the second half, you saw Donovan get really active and, and really float around trying to find the pockets to, to to pick at this defense, this Panama defense. And and he because of that, you know, he was able to help the offense kind of find its footing a little more. And I think Panama got tired. You know, I think. The first, their attack went, their counter, which you know in the first half created some chances, caused some problems, but then in the second half, uh, from you know the start of the second half all the way till probably the 80th minute, their, mm-hmm. their their attack was just non-existent, and it seemed like they 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 kind of went into a bit of a shell. But the U.S. did a good job of, of really kind of trying to pick that lock and, and find that combination, and Donovan was a big part of that. Bedoya was a big part of that, and uh, I think Breck Shea coming in, Breck Shea did mm-hmm. did his part as well. Uh, to, to really test them on that wing.
0: And with the U.S. back line, it was an impressive performance. Clarence Goodson impressed once again. Matt Beisler had a very good game. DeMarcus Beasley, Michael Parker are much more active in the second half. What 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 did the back line do to impress you in this game? Well, it's
1: like you said. I mean, the center backs, once again, were solid, outstanding, uh, worked well as a, te- a team, and, and right now they're looking like that's going to be the, the the center back tandem for World Cup qualifying, uh, Matt Beesler and Clarence Goodson. And what you like from that that tandem is is the, their organization, their confidence on the ball, their ability to, to handle the ball out of the back and give you that that outlet and 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 to be able to to you know diffuse those situations with their passing. Matt Beasley, like you talked about earlier, uh, like we you know we talked about earlier, he's someone who he's so quiet in the way he goes about his game, but he does, he does the job and it's not in the flashiest way. It's not, you know, he's not the, it's not something that stands out so clearly, but if you watch the game closely, he does everything he needs to do. He, he breaks up, uh, attacks. He makes the right pass. He reads the game so well that he doesn't have to have these kind of kamikaze situations where he's racing in to clean up a mess because usually he's already in the right spot. And so, he only solidified his place as the best center back on the team, on in the entire U.S. pool. Clarence Goodson's a guy who I think, as far as defenders go, has really boosted his stock. And right now, you have to think is probably ahead of Omar Gonzalez right now. I know, you know, look, Omar started started in the in the qualifiers in June, but uh, he also had his shaky moments. And Goodson, and throughout this Gold Cup, Goodson has been so solid, so steady that you have to like his chances come September, and and obviously it's going to depend on how San Jose goes for him, his move to MLS, Uh, but that combination, that Beasley-Goodson combination is looking really good for September.
0: Well, and you know, most teams don't want their center back also leading the attack, but that's a different dynamic that you see with Goodson, is his ability to move up with the ball and make good passes. I mean, look at the previous game, two of the goals against Honduras, Goodson started out of the back, and I think... What we also saw with this team was guys like Michael Parcer, Parkhurst, and Demarcus Beasley. I mean, you saw a lot of attacks and, and really good opportunities and threats developed for the U.S. team. Was well, this just a product of of the teams that they were playing, or, or maybe we'll see a little bit more of this in the World Cup uh, games? a Little more more of an active defense, really creating opportunities for the forwards.
1: Well, I mean, as far as the fullbacks go, Beasley, Beasley did, did that in qualifying. He did that in June. That that's not a new thing. Parkhurst. You know, he, he didn't have the best tournament uh, attacking-wise overall. I mean, he did have his, his share of tru- struggles, but I think the big thing for him, and I feel like he's he was one of the big winners of the Gold Cup, is that he showed that he can play right back and be a solid option there and give you kind of what you're looking for, is someone who's solid, uh, good defensively, uh, who won't make many mistakes defensively, but can get forward. And he did that. He did that job. And right now, with right back being a little in, in a bit of limbo with mm-hmm. with Chernil, injury and the uncertainty around Timmy Chandler, I think Parkhurst has, has played well enough now to to you know give Klinsmann that option that if come September, you know you're not sure about Chandler, you can go with Parkhurst. Then and, and of course with Parkhurst, you still worry about his cl- you you worry about his club situation, and if he's going to find playing time, uh, because as, as of right now, I think he's going back to Augsburg, and and obviously he didn't play there yeah. last year. So he was in a bit of a tough spot. You know, I talked to him uh, this summer about that. And he's in a tough spot because, you know, he's at Augsburg. He's making really good money, probably the best money he's ever made in his life, playing uh, for that for the German team. Mm-hmm. So does he, you know, he's got a family. Does, does he... Pass on that and take a lesser option somewhere uh, to to ensure himself playing time. I think that's something he's going to have to think about, and I'm sure it is something that he is thinking about. So Parkhurst is someone we need to keep an eye on, see what kind of move he makes because he he she for me he showed in this Gold Cup that he's a, he's still a very viable mm-hmm. right back, and it's easy to forget how good he looked in in the Champions League with Nor Island, uh, which is what helped him get the move to the Bundesliga. He is a good fullback, so he's still an option there. He just needs to play.
0: Well, I think uh, I mean if you look at the current situation, even just with Brad Evans playing, I think Parkhurst is an upgrade over Brad Evans. Also, did you notice Michael Parkhurst? The guy is like the most content guy, maybe not content, but the most composed guy on the field. Like his emotional level, like never goes up and down. Did you notice that?
1: No, that's not a new thing, man. That 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 goes back to day one in MLS as a rookie for the New England Revolution, where he was able to just step in as a as a rookie and start at center back. In MLS, which isn't exactly isn't exactly easy uh, for for you know college defenders to come in. I mean, so he's always been a poised player. He's someone who doesn't get too rattled. You don't you know you don't necessarily see him frazzled or or, or uh, you know you don't see his emotions because uh, he's he's very even keeled. So from that standpoint, that's good. And he's a, he's a veteran now. You know he's been through it. He's played like I said. He's played in Champions League. Mm-hmm. He's played against t- some of the best players in the world. So you know he's been there. He's done that. So he's not someone who's going to get too shaken up if you throw him into certain situations and that's why i think you know if if you don't know what's going to happen with timmy chandler then you have that option and obviously i think chandler all things being equal chandler is the guy you would want just from a talent standpoint he's you know he's he should be a better option at right back but we don't know what his deal is we don't know is he fully committed is he going to have another mystery injury that uh, that you know he doesn't come in in september who knows what's going on with him but at least now if you're klinsman you have that other option uh at right back and yes you have brad evans as well but parker is, is, is a better player i mean i'm I, of course I don't, I don't think i don't think anyone outside of seattle would argue that but he you know he showed in this gold cup that he he you know if you have to if you want to start him you you're not losing too much
0: no i, I agree um the binfield also had another good game kyle beckerman did a good job clearing up the balls but very very horrible moment when Stuart Holden went down and I think everyone held their breath when, when he went down and especially when he got subbed off that made it even worse and you see the way he reacted on the sideline uh, with with the, with apparently you know the the banging of the knees with, with the uh, with the Panamanian player what's the latest on the status of Stuart Holden right now
1: well we haven't heard anything uh, as we're doing the show on Monday morning uh, we aren't going to hear anything until later today at the earliest uh, but on Sunday Jurgen Klinsman did not sound confident at all. In, uh, in it in in the injury like it's he's sound I mean he based on his reaction his comments and based on Stuart Holden's uh, reaction and the way he looked in the, in the post game celebrations and, and as he walked out of the stadium I mean he just looked devastated like he knows that it's he's he's facing another long road to recovery and it's so it, it, it wasn't
0: the same it wasn't the same knee right?
1: it was, the, it was there's, different confl- there's conflicting reports about it but either way it's a, it, he's facing a bad a bad situation and if anyone knows that knows serious injuries it's holding so the fact that he's reacting this way it's it leads you to believe it's a good chance he's facing whether it's a torn ACL or or something to that degree so it's just tough it definitely puts a a damper on things here after this celebration because, like Landon Donovan told me, you know, Holden, Holden was really like the heart and soul of this team. You know, just his personality in the locker room and just he's just such a happy-go-lucky guy who brings everyone together. And he's also a good player. You know, he, he showed this Gold Cup what he he could do and what he could be for this team. And, and the, the, for me, the, the craziest part about this is he's played on some pretty bad fields in this tournament. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they played in Dallas in that just awful, awful uh, field in, uh, at, at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. He and he gets through that, you know, no problem. And then in the final, he actually hurt his knee. Hit the knee that got hurt on Sunday in the final was not the like it wasn't. It wasn't a contact injury. It, uh, it was actually his other knee that that was uh, hit, uh, run into by the Panamanian player. So, but it was actually when he planted his leg. Uh, that he hurt that knee, so that makes it scarier. Because it's one thing if you get if someone if someone goes knee to knee with you and you just feel that really that pain and it can be a bruise or something like that, then you're like, okay, there's hope there. But when it's your other leg that you're not and it's a non-contact injury and, it, and you plant wrong, that's when you really have to worry. And I'd say the the Stuart the fa- Stuart Holden's face as uh, after the game when I saw him, I was just like, like it's a, he almost wanted to cry. You feel for the guy because you we all know the story, we all know everything he's been through. And, and how much heart he has shown to fight back on multiple occasions now from injury. So you, ha- you your heart breaks for the guy because mm-hmm. you know what the, the, work, the work he's put in and the progress that he made to this point. So it's a it's a huge blow uh, for, for the team. It's a big loss, but uh, you know if, if there is if there is kind of that silver lining or, or consolation, it's the fact that other guys have stepped up, mixed disc roots, stepped up. Uh, and played, you know, his best, arguably his best game of the tournament, and and really gave the team what it needed at a point when thing, you know, that injury could have really set the team back. It could have uh, become an emotional thing for the team, but uh, you know, he stepped this screwed step right in and did the job. He was our man of the match, SBI's man of the match for his, you know, for what he was able to do, and and
0: you got to like his future now going forward. Well, I was gonna say mixed this screwed one, you know, the most prestigious award ever, M- you know, more important than getting your name you know, listed next to winning the 2013 Gold Cup. That's winning the uh, 2013 SPI Man of the Match. I mean, that's a huge prestigious award to be to be given for Mix. Um, but in the game, I mean, he, he, I saw... He's conf- kidding, by the way. I know. <laughs> but I saw... Yeah, he get, Mix will get a nice plaque, and he'll get a picture with Ivis, you know, go up in the office, you know, for a nice little Brooklyn studio that we have. Um, but for Mix, though, what did you see that he did in this game that, that really, like you said... Really changed the game because it's funny. Because this is one of those interesting games where it's where you know you can't give the man of the match the goal scorer, Breck Shea, because he didn't do enough. I mean, and then maybe give it to Donovan, but okay, he wasn't as good as he's been out there. But Mix, I mean, you talk about how he just kind of just did all like the the little things that you need. I mean, he tracked back, was aggressively in the attack, helped set up uh, distribution well. But for you, what did you see out of him that, that made him so effective in this game?
1: Well, I think just his ability to step into the middle and help provide a balance. I thought him and Beckerman worked really well together. And you know, when you want to talk about man of the match uh, possibilities for this game, for me, the three that stood out were were Diskarud, Beckerman, and Bedoya. I thought all three of those guys could, uh, were worthy uh, consider you know worthy of consideration. And, and even the center backs, both center backs, Beasley and Goodson, were outstanding. But for me. It, it, by the it,
0: way, everyone can vote for this on the website soccer by You can vote for your man of the match.
1: Well, that's the yes, yeah, that's, that's the fans' choice. Yes, that's fans' one. choice. Yes, just to get and, and it's and this group is running away with that with that one. By the way, uh, I but, voted for Joe Corona because no one voted for him. Well, he was a man of the match for the first twenty five minutes, and then after that, it was it was a little rough. But look, as far as far as this group goes, he stepped right in into a game, and you I mean, how, look at how think about how tough this is, right? You're on the bench. you you, you know you learn you're not going to start. It's got to be a big blow, right? Emotionally, I mean, mm-hmm. you can say all you want about, odd, oh, you know, I was cool with it, I was a snap, but it's got to you know, it's got eat at you. It's got to it's got to hurt, right? And you're sitting on the bench. You're, you're, you're most often, most, more, almost all the time. You, you in the first half, you're going to sit and just watch the game because you're not going to go into the game in the first half, and and then to get thrown right in with no warm up because you know, you know, once holding came out, the team's down a man. They're playing with ten men. They got to get him on the field. Mm-hmm. He he runs out there. And it's literally like, not literally, but it's like getting thrown in the deep end of an. Uh, 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 it's like getting thrown in the ocean, and it's like, all right, swim. You gotta swim. You have no other choice. Otherwise, you're gonna drown. And he and he did. <laughs> he swam. He he found his he found his legs. He got it going. And and he he just did everything you could want from that position. And the thing with is one of the knocks on Disgroove is defensively. You know, his ability to contribute defensively, is, as far as you know, winning tackles, challenging for balls. He has been known to be a bit of a finesse player who maybe doesn't have that edge that you need in the middle and he showed that edge in this game he, he wasn't afraid to go into challenges he he went up for 50 50s he, he he didn't he didn't back down he totally went for it and that and that's what really stood out you know that he he his aggressiveness I mean you look at his stats and his, his, his passing numbers you know he all he 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 didn't have uh, any incomplete passes in the, in the defensive half he, and all of his all of his five incomplete passes that he had in the game Four of them were in the attacking in the final third near the penalty area. So, you know he was very very clean in the middle. So he gave you everything you wanted, and you could argue Beckerman, you could argue Bedoya, but just, I just think what he had to do and coming in the way he did. I mean you have to give him credit for that. You have to you have to acknowledge that because that is not an easy thing to do at all. Well, I
0: think going forward the. the- Biggest question now for guys like Mix, Beckerman, Badoya, is did they do enough to earn a spot on the World Cup qualifying roster? Because when you look at the roster that, that's been in place, I mean, a lot of these guys play positions that there's guys ahead of them who are going to be a little better. I mean, is Michael Bradley better than Kyle Beckerman? Yes. Is Grand Zuzi better on the wing than Badoya? Yes. The question is: Did these guys do enough? For me, I thought Mix and Donovan did enough to be named to the roster. I think if Holden's out, then Beckerman's in. Bedoya, I'm not too sure on. But what do you think, Ivis? Did these guys do enough to maybe get another look in September?
1: Here's the thing: you have to remember.
0: I mean, the, the, the
1: September qualifiers. We're, we, where are we stand right now, we're about five weeks away from that, right? So, a lot can happen in five weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, club situations, playing time, injuries. So it's it's almost like why you know it's hard to say who's going to be on that team, but yes, there are guys who definitely improve their place in the pool. Uh, I think Disgrood showed he can play. You know, is he someone who's going to start? No, like you have other guys. I mean, Jones, Bradley, those are the guys. Yeah. that are going to start. It's not it's not a question as far as guys who could start who who have put their name in the hat for a starting role. Obviously, Landon Donovan, Landon, and even Klinsman after the game pretty much was like, look. Oh, He's gonna be there pretty much. He's gonna be yeah. there, like you know, for up until that point, Klinsman had played a little coy and uh, answering questions about Donovan. Well,
0: of course, he, he needs to. He can't. He but, can't but, walk
1: but, away. Yeah. But what's funny is, me, people people kept making a big deal about this, and it's just, I, I feel like Klinsman just started playing along because he knows people w- were just on this whole Donovan thing, and, and the whole f- and the fact that Donovan was away from the team, uh, and I know some people still to this day. Uh, uh, don't get why why Klinsman did it and th- and think that it was a mistake, but it wasn't. I mean, listen, folks, the this all everything the way everything played out. I don't know how you could possibly say it, that Klinsman leaving Donovan out was a bad thing. It was absolutely the right thing to do, and and for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, number one, you can't have a guy just decide that he's not going to be with the team he's going to do his you know he has to deal with his own things and then he can come right back in and like you can't have that it would have sent a bad message it 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 would absolutely you know would have turned players off especially veteran players and Mm -hmm. none of them are going to come forward publicly and say yeah that would not have been a good thing but trust me i know i have spoken to some players it would not have gone over well and then after the game on sunday donovan himself even said it you know i asked him about that i said does this feel sweeter because of the time you were away and he flat out said he's like he wasn't ready to contribute, and maybe he realizes that now. That you know what, it would not have been a good thing to throw Landon Onman back in to the team the first chance you got after this this sabbatical that he took. He needed to find his game again. He needed to get kind of get a rhythm going again. And also, being that being away, definitely for me, it, it had to light a fire under him because he got to watch matches. He got to watch the team play without him. And I'm sure it had to it fire him up. It had to it had to give him that that desire to want to get back into it. And and that's why it was the thing to do. And I find it just hilarious that people are still harping on about this. And 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 you've gotten Klinsmann's gotten these questions like, is he is he has he shown it now? Has he shown it now? Is he going to be on the qualifying team now? And it's like, listen, folks, stop beating that horse. All this was part of the plan. And it, honestly, at the end of the day, it wasn't even about Landon Donovan from a overall standpoint i mean it, it directly was but it was more about a message that klinsman sent to the entire player pool that there are no more sacred cows in this setup there are no more you're you're a player x so you do what you want you have you you're a guaranteed starter guaranteed call up it's your like you don't have to worry there's none of that. There is no comfort zone anymore. Klinsman pushes that. He pushes that away. He, he tests everybody and he keeps everybody on their toes and that's helping this team develop. And it's helping the better players get better and it's helping the younger players coming along push up up the up the rankings. And and that it, so, you know, it, it, I get why some fans get worked up about it. They they because it's, you know, they have they have the emotional ties to these players. They love these guys. Landon Donovan, let's face it, he's done it all. There's a reason fans love him to death because he's had he's been he's been responsible for so many memorable moments with the U.S. team. He stepped up in so many occasions, so you can understand why fans are, uh, get get a little worked up when it seems like their favorite player is being mistreated. But he was not being mistreated, folks. He had to go through that. Klinsman had to do it. It was better. It was. It turned out it was the best thing to do for Donovan and absolutely the best thing to do for the team.
0: Okay, so he, so so in your mind, he will be getting. I mean, we can talk about this more September, but but just quickly, just for sake of the argument and everything, Donovan, in your mind, will be on the roster in September, yes?
1: Yeah, he'll be in, for me. He'll be he'll be in the starting lineup, and I know there's some argument about that, but about oh, who does he replace? But listen, folks, Donovan will. And I said this a month. I said this. I say question,
0: and I like question. I feel bad, but I uh, think question. No.
1: Uh, well, we're not gonna get into that. But about <laughs> Who comes out? Well, he. Yeah, I don't know if he's. Did he get injured? I I, I got to check, but. <laughs> uh, Landon Donovan. I said this before the Gold Cup. I said this in June. He will not only going to be on the team and with the team in qualifying in September. He's going to start because he is. You know, when he's on his game, the guy is still one of the best players on the team in the pool. You have to have him out there. He showed in the Gold Cup what he can do. And from and Klinsman even you know, it, look, Klinsman did what he wanted. He he did what he had to do. It worked perfectly. Now we can dispense with these with this this whole thing and get back to having him be a part of it, he will be, for me, I would put I would put money on it. He will be in the lineup in Costa Rica in September. It
0: will also be interesting to see what happens to some other guys like Kyle Beckerman, Jose Torres, maybe Orozco, maybe he can maybe earn an opportunity, uh, and Bedoya too. Well,
1: well, I'll tell you what, Well, just to, to, real quick, since we've kind of gotten onto the Don, Donovan tangent here, but just mm-hmm. talking talk about other guys quickly, Clarence Goodson, for me, I start. He starts. He starts against Costa Rica. I think just he's just a, a more stable option than Gonzalez. Gonzalez has had a lot of mistakes. He's he, like when Gonzalez is at his best, he's better than Goodson. But he's this year, 2013. He, he you know he has struggled to find his best. So that's why for me, Goodson right now, assuming he play, he plays at San Jose, he's healthy, he gets regular games with the earthquakes, he's the guy. You the bees. I I can see why Klinsman would like the Beasley-Goodson combo. Aside from the fact that they're stable, they're both quality passers, and that that is just yes. so invaluable for any team. When you have two center backs, you don't just have one; you have two center backs. And you can, that you can and when you're that you're when you're a US player, you and and you're facing pressure and there's no options in front of you. You can turn around, you can get the ball to them, and you don't and you don't have to worry about
0: it. And Goodson's good in the air too, so it's not like it's a right. huge yeah. minus from Gonzalez.
1: Exactly, he still gives you that what you want from a partner for Beasley. Because I mean, not that Beasley is terrible in the air, but you know that's not a strength per se for him. He's a speed player; he reads the game well. But a perfect complement to him is someone taller, dominant in the air. Obviously, like Sporting Kansas City, where he has Aurelian Collin. Uh, so yeah, that that for me, though, that, Sen, Goodson Beasley. That's the center back tandem. Look a quick look over the rest of the uh, of the squad. Eddie Johnson has, has definitely played himself. Onto to the verge of being a starter, you know, like he's shown he can be and we already knew that. Like, I, I think he showed that last year. But, yeah. uh, you know, he had his struggles earlier in the year that you made you wonder, OK, is he, is he reverting back to, to his less impressive form? But I think in this tournament, he showed the quality that he has and, and the way he's matured as a player. He's, he's so, such a better player now. Then, he, then the early Eddie Johnson and the young Eddie Johnson that put up all those goals as a teenager uh, for the national team, he, he's definitely in, he's definitely matured. Is he going to start? No. I, I mean, for me, Josie Altidore, he's the, he's the guy. Healthy, he's the guy. No question about it. No one's close. Uh, and then you have to – and obviously Clint Dempsey. So there's really not a spot for Eddie Johnson, but he gives you a great alternative off the bench. And, and knock on wood, heaven forbid, you, 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 know, you don't have Altidore – whether he, you know if he gets suspended or, or, or anything like that, you can plug him in and feel pretty good about it.
0: Yeah, or you can just bring Eddie Johnson off the bench and he'll score. What ten seconds later?
1: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So, S- yeah, same I with Breck Shea.
0: Bring Breck Shea off the bench and oh, Breck Shea guarantee will get a goal if he comes off the bench. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the
1: <laughs> options are great,
0: right? The option like when when they go to San Jose. I
1: mean, I feel like they're going to have a team that can finally get a win down there. But they not only is their lineup their starting lineup looking good, but now the, with this Gold Cup, you've seen so many guys look like really good options to to bring off the bench. You want to talk about Joe Corona, Alejandro Bedoya, even Breck Shea. Although you know, listen, Breck, he had his moments. I'm not going to take take that away, but he's got a ways to go still. And the MP, I know some. It's going to be. It's easy to lose sight of that because of. The fact that he scored this goal. And look, the goal was – I mean the ball was going in the net, right? Let's 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 kind of – I feel like it's it's just become too easy to kind of ignore that fact. Because and, and, he scored.
0: Play. Ivis, if you score, yeah. everything's a race. You know that. Well, yeah. But that's, you,
1: <laughs> you still can't just like ignore the reality of the situation. The ball was going in anyway. You give him credit for being there, right? Fine. Give him that credit. But he's got a ways to go, man. He's got – his battle – Is the one at Stoke because that means everything. Because if he's not playing at Stoke, he can't. He's not going to be a factor. He's not going to be a factor with the national team. So uh, is that doesn't mean that what he did in this Gold Cup is meaningless. But absolutely, that's absolutely not the case. It's meaningful because it, it should give him confidence to head into Stoke City, feeling good about himself and feeling good about being able to to compete for for playing time there that's what matters not you know because it's not so much his standing on the. US team because look Klinsman loves him. Klinsman rates him and one of the funnier moments in the post game uh, press conference was was Jurgen basically saying you know even Breck Shea doesn't know what Brexisha is gonna do when he's on when he has the ball he's unpredictable for himself let alone his, his, his opponents so but just the way he talks about Brexisha you know like he he likes Breck Shea a lot but he also understands that like if he's not playing, regularly for his club team then he's suddenly not a viable option when you want to talk about the world cup the world cup if breccia is going to make that world cup team he's got to go to stoke city and get some serious play time without that none of this is going to matter none of none of this gold cup stuff is going to matter one bit
0: No, and i agree with you on on that i, I thought there were times when Shay was effective he wasn't pretty out there but he was effective, and I think that's important to show that that even if you don't have your best game, you can still be effective, and that's important going forward. Ivis on the Americans abroad scene, there's some very good news that came down today that's gonna make things even more interesting going forward with who's gonna be on the roster, who's not gonna be on the roster. Aaron Johansson, people have been talking about him for a while. He plays for A Z, the same team that Josie Atuador played for. He committed to the US this morning, and this is great slash big news at the same time
1: right absolutely i mean you you want to you know as we were talking about depth and how how the depth in the u.s pool keeps keeps on improving i mean this is big news for the u.s now he now, you know he's not someone who's ready to step in right now right he's still young he's still coming along but he is absolutely a talented a young talented forward uh when you want to talk about a 22 year old player we're talking as a long-term option, that's huge because he's someone who you know he's already at AZ. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's he, he's one of those up-and-coming young strikers in, in, in Europe, in the smaller leagues in Europe, and he's someone with a bright future. And he had to make that decision on the U.S. and 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 now he's made it. He came out. He he did the thing. He did, he did kind of the the modern thing of uh, announcing it on Facebook that he was going to play for the U.S. Uh, he he's going to have to file a one-time switch. Uh, you know, because he had played uh, for Iceland's youth uh, youth national team setup, and the, because of the one time switch, he 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 will, he will be tied into the U.S. It's not you're not he's not cap tied because the def, by definition cap tied means you've been tied to the country by an appearance, uh, but it's virtually the same thing because once you follow one time switch uh, with to a new country, you can't go back. So the same thing happened with Fabian Johnson and Jermaine and Jermaine Jones. So. You Know this is huge because he's someone you know when you want to talk about forwards, you know, younger forwards. Look, obviously, Jack Mac- McInerney's someone who's attracting a lot of attention, you know, to go along. I mean, hey, Josie Altaro is not exactly old yet either, but uh, you know, Johansson getting another quality young player, you know, is he someone who we, sh- we should think about for the world cup? That's probably a little. It's a little premature to start talking about that, but it's great. It's it's great news just because it adds more depth. And when you couple couple this with the news of, of John Anthony Brooks, uh, you know the, the word the word out of Germany uh, recently is that he's going to go to the Bosnia friendly. He's, he's get, being called up by Klinsmann. He's going to accept that call up. He he has not filed his one time switch. I have not heard anything saying he will. But at least the fact that he's joining the team and he's going to check out, check out how things are run with the U.S. team—that's that's a big step. Because listen, Brooks is is, is in the same boat. He's a similar, uh, you know, he's a teenage center back who's about to go play in the Bundesliga and start probably starting in the Bundesliga. That's huge. That's an even bigger get because he's someone you know when you talk about center backs, you can never have too many good center backs. So. These two bits of news, especially Johansson Mm -hmm. today. I mean, that's you know, if you're a US fan, it's like you just got, you know, you just you just got you just had Christmas yesterday, and now you just get a few extra presents the next day. It's just it's unbelievable.
0: Well, do you think a little bit uh, some of this has to do with the fact that the US is doing well, and there's certain guys maybe kind of looking at it, saying, "Hmm, I mean, Johansson, do you want to play for Iceland or do you want to play for the US?" I mean, do you think that's a possibility?
1: It can't hurt, right? I mean, if the U.S. was struggling, if the U.S. was uh, putting putting results together like Mexico putting together these days, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would be, uh, you know, I don't know if that would necessarily be that enticing. But, you know, obviously these guys, and that, here's one thing I do want to say. I know people, sometimes these guys get flat for uh, delaying their decisions and struggling with these decisions. But people don't, really, I mean, if you're not in their shoes, if you don't know what it is to, to have ties to multiple countries uh then you can't rip these guys i mean it's not easy think about these both the both brooks and Johansson. they didn't grow up here they grew up in germany so it's a it's not easy to get to to pass that you know pass that up and 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 all that your entire life the ties that you you've developed to the the countries where you were raised to give that up to play for the u.s it's Mm -hmm. not easy but you know any a perfect example, and uh, you know, mixed this group, right? Man of the match, just just helped the U.S. win the gold cup. You know, I I, inter- I I interviewed him after the game yesterday, and he actually told me, "I wish I could play for both countries." <laughs> he wish he could play for Norway and, and the U.S. And if he could, he would. And that tells you all you need to know, man. This th- th- this means something. Like where you're raised, that can mean that you can love two countries. You can have connections. Hey, I love Peru. I was born in the USA, like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, in you know, in Jersey, oh born and raised. God. Listen, I'm a, I'm an I'm, American, I'm an American, I'm a Jersey guy, but hey, I love Peru. When I go to Peru, I feel I feel a connection there. You know? Like they are my people. And and so I, I think sometimes people <laughs> don't I, I feel like sometimes people just because they can't relate to that, they refuse to accept it. And you have to accept it, folks. These guys have real attachments and real ties to these countries. So it's not easy. So Lay off them a bit when they're when they're kind of back and forth, back and forth. Now, listen, if you're talking about Tim Chandler, that one's a whole nother, uh, you know, that's a whole nother thing. But you know what? Just with these guys, understand that it's not an easy decision, and and appreciate when they do end up ultimately choosing the U.S.
0: Very well said, Ivis. I, I agree. That is that is it's very tough, you know, especially for these guys. I mean, even though Aaron Newhansen was born in Mobile, Alabama. I mean, he spent most of his life in Europe. I mean, same with Mix. However, though, when Mix talks, though, he's about as American as you can get for all the European guys.
1: Yeah, he's he's, he's callied out, man. Yeah. He's totally West Coast. Uh, I, I, it's funny, man. He's 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 great to talk to, man, because he's just so laid back and carefree. And uh, That's a West Coast you know,
0: vibe right there, dude. His mom, absolutely. where did she go? Arizona State, baby.
1: Yes. That says it all. That says it all. Now, nah, he's got the vibe. You know, he's got the hair going on, so... But yeah, no, it's it, I, I found that very interesting when 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 Discroot said that um, said that to me about you know he would play for both and and that says it all right there. So but hey, back to the point, uh, great stuff for the U.S. Clinsman, <laughs> yeah, you got to give him credit that you know they, they're moving along in this. They're not they're not resting on their laurels. They're not they're, they're not looking at this pool and saying hey, look at all this talent we have. No, they're like got to get more. We got to get every single guy we can get, and they're and they're and they're succeeding. They're landing these guys one by one, and it's just make and it's making it that much tougher to figure out which which of these guys is going to be there in Brazil in a year and be parts of this qualifying process.
0: Well, it's a it's a good thing. I mean, it's it's Absolutely. it's time for a one. It's time for us to get greedy. I mean, things are going good. Let's let's strike while it's hot. Absolutely. So you, you can never have too much depth. Well, I was caught up in all the U.S. men's national team. Hoopla, the MLS, played this weekend. Very exciting games. I think there were five games where there were goals after the 85th minute. No game was more exciting than the Real Salt Lake. New York Red Bulls. New York went up 2-0. to zero. And then the uh, Avaro Sabarillo show happened. Scored a hat trick. And then Fabian Espindola scores. Dax McCarty gets the game winner, RSL. Um, lots to take from this game. One is RSL needs... Their backline to get healthy, that's that's number one. But going forward, Ivis, is this loss bigger for RSL or is the win bigger for New York? Who takes more from this game going forward?
1: Well, I think I think the Red Bulls. I mean, I, RSL, like you said, I mean they're missing guys. Uh, their backline—they they had the definition of a patchwork backline when you're, yes. you're talking about missing uh, both your starting fullbacks. Uh, you know, Chris Winger was suspended. Mm-hmm. Tony Beltran's with the U.S. team. And then even even your backup center back that had become your starter, Carlos Salcido, the young, the teenage, the teenager, you know, he he could he would, he didn't play either. He's hurt. He's had surgery recently. So you're down to the bare bones. When you know Chris Schuler's obviously been out. Uh, you lost Kwame Watson-Cirrillo. You, 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 you're down to you know you're down to putting uh, holding up a sign in Sandy, Utah. Uh, you know, help wanted center backs. Um, so. You can't kill them too much for for giving up four goals on the road, um, so they'll be all right. They'll be all right. But for for the Red Bulls, though, I mean, for a team when you're talking about a team that, you know, is trying to show that they can compete on the highest level and be one of the top teams in MLS, that kind of rally, that kind of you know, when you're thinking you're going into the 89th minute down three two, to to be down three two in the 89th minute and win. I mean, anytime you can do that, it's it's huge. It's huge. So, uh, I think it's a big step for them. Look, we know that we know they're good at home. They've they've been good at home as long as we can remember, but just posting a win against a good team and winning the way they did, that can only help them. And the Eastern Conference is pretty wide open right now. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it, this could spark a run from them.
0: And for ourselves, I mean, they're going to get all their guys back at the right time because they're going to be taking on the surging Colorado Rapids, who are now, seriously, I'm not joking when I say this, second in the Western Conference, tied with the Portland Timbers on points, which is, when I saw that on Twitter, I had to do a double look, but they defeated the LA Galaxy uh, this past weekend, Hendry Thomas and Dylan Powers, Ah, uh, with the goals over the galaxy, and, and same with this game, Ivis. I mean, d- what, w- did, is it this another thing where we kind of look at the galaxy and say back to the drawing board? But for Colorado, I mean, I'm assuming Colorado can take a ton from this victory.
1: They, you know, they, they they're gaining momentum. They're gaining momentum, and the thing is for me, right? I, I've said it. Anyone who listens to the show knows that I have said since day one that Colorado is a team more for 2014. They're a team that come next year.
0: Clearly they listen to the show. I want to prove you wrong. No, no it's not. That. No. <laughs> they're just,
1: they're just out of schedule. You know, they, they, they matured. Uh, they definitely benefited that early part of the year where Oscar Pereja had to force some young guys into the lineup because of injuries. And those guys had to have their, their they had to grow up quickly. Right. So now, you have those guys who, who are more mature now. You can't even call them rookies and inexperienced and, and anymore, and yet and now you're bringing in the new the new players that are coming in. All that ha- well, not new players, but the players who have been injured, uh, and you've got this nice cocktail now of, of options for 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 Perejas who, who you know he can go with young guys, he can go with veterans, mix it up, uh, and Dylan Powers. Uh, let, we got to talk about Dylan Powers. I mean, he's for my, for me. He's the favorite right now for rookie of the year. He's the front runner. Let's say that he's the front runner for rookie of the year, and you're playing a nationally televised match against the Galaxy, and you put out you, you put in a goal and assist performance. That's huge, you know. I mean, the, I mean, we're talking about a kid who you know, if he keeps it up, if he can do this for a whole year, you know, maybe we need a January camp call up for him. I mean, I, I don't, th- I know that might seem ridiculous to some people, but hey, he's been doing it for a while now on a high level. Uh, so I thought that was impressive. But for L.A., I you know what? Hey, it's it's MLS, folks. You can't get too worked up about this stuff. All you got to do is get in the playoffs. We've seen this, right? So, uh, you know, you, you can't look at L.A. and, and say, oh, wow, they've lost. They, they're in real danger. I mean, think about the lineup that they put out there, right? I mean, Landon Donovan, Omar Gonzalez. They're both, you know, with the with the Gold Cup team. And then you have Robbie Keane out. Mm-hmm. So, right there, boom, your three best players are not there. By a mile, your three best players are not there. So, you know, you take that and then you throw in uh, having to play a team like Colorado that, that's just gaining so much momentum. And you're playing them on the road. You're playing, look, Colorado's not an easy place to play uh, with the altitude and, and, in some cases, the snow. Um, you know, it's just <laughs> not, it's not an easy place to play. So, all those things being uh, being, you throw all those things together, and you shouldn't be too shocked that Colorado was able to win this game. Um, so, you know, if I'm if I'm LA, or if I'm an LA fan, I'm not worried about it because uh, you, you, when you when you get Keen Donovan and Gonzalez back, three of the best players in the league. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. But if you're Colorado, you, you, that it's just like a it's roll it's a boulder rolling downhill. They're gaining momentum. They're gaining confidence. And that's why right now they're ahead of schedule. I mean, look at their lineup, right, uh, that won this game. When you talk about two rookies, and Dylan Powers and Deshaun Brown starting, uh, a, a teenager, in, well, I don't know, you might have turned 20, but a young center, uh, center back, Shane O'Neill. You got Chris Clute, who has been... Love Chris the, Clute, love right, him. One of the real revelations this year coming in from the NASL and, and now is arguably the best left back in MLS or has had the best season. Of a left back a date in MLS, right? I mean, he was in our best eleven, uh, uh, SBI's mid season best eleven. So you've got you've thrown this together. You got all these young guys, and and they're not scared. They're not afraid. These guys. They, they they've already had a few months of starting, and they've matured together. They've, they've grown up together. Uh, having said all that, do I? Are, would I? Would I like put some money down on them making the playoffs? That's gonna. That's that's a tough one. I mean, it's it's so hard to. to to look at these recent results and say, how can you bet against them? But again, mm-hmm. folks, MLS streaks and slumps. Yeah, it, it, the FC they da- are they're in a streak right now. But it, it, does anyone really think they're going to keep this up the rest of the year? I find that hard to believe.
0: Well, FC Dallas is in just just they're not. I mean, it's amazing. FC Dallas not in the playoffs anymore, but they're at thirty two points, so only two points behind the Rapids. and so that's from six to two, and then there's Seattle with twenty eight points. San Jose with twenty-seven. So, like you said, they're not that far away. Obviously, the Philadelphia Union defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps one to zero. You know, just a, just another good victory for the Union, who 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 are you know in a very tight race in the Eastern Conference right now.
1: Right, it's a big win for them on the road, and obviously, the red card, the early red card, put Vancouver in a really tough spot. Uh, but now we're talking about a couple of losses now, and, and as we said, streaks and slumps, and, and Vancouver might be starting to to cool off a bit but for philly it's a huge win for them confidence booster and much like colorado this is a young team that's ahead of schedule they're really putting results together and now you have to start you
0: have to you have
1: to take them seriously as a a playoff contender
0: Uh, the montreal impact uh picked up a very big victory against sporting kansas city and you know you might say well how's that a big victory They're in the playoff race well i mean montreal's been reeling a little bit but uh blake smith picks up a goal um in the, i think like the 96 minute of stoppage time so for montreal who needed a victory in the worst way possible you know as a fan you're gonna be very happy with that
1: right no the, the three points is big especially at home uh six minutes of stoppage time i tell you what if you're a real salt lake fan you got to get a laugh out of that because the you know a week earlier we heard about all we heard oh, yeah. about was was how you know sporty kc had all to- all sorts of stoppage time and maybe more more than they deserved, and they got the win. And what do you know, a week later, they're on the other end of that. Uh, but, again, the bigger thing for me is not just the win, but the shutout. That's big because their defense has been absolutely atrocious. So for them to, to put together a shutout against a good sporting Kansas City team that's I mean, if you're Marcus Shalabama, you're absolutely uh, thrilled about that. Uh,
0: and then uh, San Jose defeated the Portland Timbers at home. Lenhart had a goal. Victor Bernardes had a goal. Loved his goal in the PK. Just blasted it into the net. And then very interesting at the very end of the game, Chavez with the I mean, Marvin Chavez with the red card for getting in the way of a kick I wonder if MLS will take that back but for sporting can I mean I'm sorry for, for San Jose though I mean there's maybe an outside chance they can make the playoffs will they make it probably not but you know if they keep stringing together victories I mean we could be talking about them a little bit more seriously in a month from now
1: you have to start thinking about them at this point I mean yes they, they, they've got a ways to go uh, but like I said Vancouver's and I said this a few shows ago Vancouver's a team before I said it before they started losing these recent games. They're a team that I think is going to cool off, and I think they could fall out of the race. And if you look at it as it stands right now, San Jose five points behind Vancouver, and they've added players. They, Clarence Goodson off his great goal <laughs> Cup, he's coming. Think about that goodson as center back tandem. Could you could argue it's best? It, it will be the best in the league. So you can't rule them out. Five points is not that much. Um, but again, think about the other. You have to look at the teams ahead of them uh, ahead of them as well that are chasing FC Dallas, Seattle Sounders. That's a lot of teams to leapfrog.
0: Well, yeah, uh, that, that we want to look ahead too much, but San Jose has a lot has a big opportunity in the next couple of weeks to really help themselves out here. I mean, they got Chivas USA next, followed by Vancouver. Then you have Sporting Kansas City. Then you got FC Dallas. So, you know, in the next four games, three of your two of the games are against teams that are ahead of you. So, for Vancouver, I mean, so for Sport, San Jose, excuse me, I can't talk. It's gonna be very important to see how they play over the next four games.
1: Can you tell we're rushing the show, folks? I have a flight to catch to Kansas City. Yes, so I also I have. We're in super fast mode.
0: Yeah, I was passed out last night. I was like, came home after what? I was like ten Jack and Cokes or something like that, and you passed out. I wish I had one Jack. And Cokes. <laughs> me. I didn't have any. I'll have a bunch in Kansas City, but none last night. Ivis, as always, we reach the end of the show, which means it's the SBIQ and A. First question comes from Chris A. Oh, also, if you're listening to the show for the first time, Ivis and I—I'm sorry, Ivis—will tweet out the SBI Q&A before the show. So pay attention to his Twitter feed, and that way you can ask questions for the show. First question comes from Chris A. Has Clarence Goodson surpassed Omar Gonzalez in the center-back pecking order?
1: I would say he has. And, uh, you know, obviously some people might think that's a little unfair to Omar Gonzalez. But listen, he, Gonzalez had his shaky times in, in, in the June qualifiers, and he left the door open. And I think Goodson, with this Gold Cup, has shown that he can... That he's shown his quality, and it should be nothing new. He's done it before... Uh, and I think we're going to see Beestler goodson against Costa Rica.
0: Uh, next question comes from Alonzo Lecuirano. Um Other than Donovan, who else do you add to the squad in September? I believe he's referring to the World Cup qualifying roster.
1: Well, as far as the Gold Cup team, you know, we talked about it. I mean, I think you'll see, you know, Parkhurst. I think Corona. Uh, I think now Bedoya, you know. Really? He, yeah, I mean, I think, he, you know, when you talk mm-hmm. about wing options, uh, obviously, Zeus is one of them. Um that, that's on the regular squad, but there, there's not a ton. I think Bedoya could be could be someone who who you add on there. And then def- defensively, I think the, the entire starting back line will be a part of, of the World Cup qualifier.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I'll say Donovan. I'll say Mix. I, I thought I, you know what I tell you what Mix. Uh, I, I wouldn't be so sure about. Really, I
1: think that's uh, yeah yeah you know that's because there's so many guys right there's so many options. Uh, you, you, yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's
0: well, tough. well, I'm, he could I'm, be. He could be there. I'm just. He there, I'm but. looking at the, the most recent. I, I I did like a list. So we, we can go into this on Wednesday, but I, when when we talk more about it. But I just did. A list. I I thought for me, for sure, Donovan Mix, maybe Beckerman, maybe Bedoya. I thought but whatever. We, we can talk more about this on Wednesday. We, we need to. Rivis, you need you have a flight to catch. Um, next question comes from Richard. Pause. Uh, is CONCACAF ready to stop the nonsense of trying to set up a final matchup? USA versus Mexico. Okay, listen, this isn't, this isn't <laughs> some
1: conspiracy. Those are the two best teams in CONCACAF and have been for a while. Obviously, Panama had a great tournament this time around. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to keep your top teams apart from each other uh, and have them potentially meet in the final. And if you, if you want to change that, then you beat them. And that's what Panama did this time around. They beat them twice. They beat Mexico twice.
0: Uh, and the final question. Oh, shoot, I just lost it. I have a... Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! What a rookie mistake right there. Um, I lost it. Do you want to stall? While I bring it back up? No, bro. <laughs> okay, here it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. Final question comes from Jorge Buitrago. Uh, after last episode's grief on mix, how did he surprise you in the Gold Cups final?
1: Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked that. I, I'm glad. I, I definitely wanted to touch on that, and I didn't touch on it earlier. Listen, uh. For me it was always a holden or mixed Discroot situation and I thought holden was the better option obviously with holden hurt Discroot got his chance and he what he did really well was, was show that he can not just do the provide the flashy pass but he can cover all sorts of ground he can get into challenges and that's been a question mark for him in the past and he even said it he even admitted it that you know in the that in the past that's been a question about his game and I think he he is he has answered some of the questions he's taken on some of the criticism about his game, and he's he's become a better player for it, and and he did impress me, and and I can say that you know if they need to put him in the lineup, that it, it you know he can I think he can get the job done.
0: Well, Ivis, uh that wraps up the show today. As always, everyone, thank you for your Q and A's, uh, and hey man, you have a good fight back home because and, and then you have a quick turnaround. You got to go to Kansas City for the All Star game.
1: Uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm going straight to Kansas City. Why are you going there's straight no, to Kansas City. Yeah, there's no home. There's no going home this time. I, I'm heading straight there. We've got the MLS All Star game on wednesday and uh, there's all sorts of uh build up to that uh, yeah i heard i they, heard there's they, some they, epic pool parties going down uh there's a pool party there's a macklemore concert today apparently so but you know there's also just you know all the, all the top you uh mls players are, are going to be there and you got a big contingent from this u.s Gold cup team that that are heading there uh, i think they might be chartering their own jet to get all these guys over to Kansas city <laughs> it, so it should, gonna, be, it should be a good time they're gonna be like
0: rock stars walking around I mean, one, yeah, one they, they one, one they're their Yeah, one, one, they're professional athletes, so everyone's going to be like, oh. But now since they won, it's going to be more, you know, more of a, more emphasis with the oh, you, you don't know. I, I, <laughs> what is that? No, I I'll don't know. I you, I don't know. I mean, you know, dude, some, sometimes you get starstruck. I mean, people do. It happens. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, listen. I will say this. Hopefully, the team. Uh, they they should just walk around with their winners medals, uh, a la the Olympics, and uh, see see what that does for them.
0: Yeah, right. There's a free entry to any place they want to go to. Well, Ibis, have a good flight as always. Pleasure talking to you, man.
1: Yes, sir. And uh, we'll be back on uh, during middle of the week. We'll be talking to All Star and see if we can finally get around to bringing back uh, the guest portion of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people have been asking for it, and it's been way too long. And and I think we'll we'll be able to line up, uh, start lining up guests again going forward.
0: Yeah, I. Uh... Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that World we'll, Cup. We'll talk a little more about the roster going forward, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, lots more to talk about. We didn't get to everything on the show, so we'll do all that. So, Ivis, you have a safe flight as always. Everyone listening to the show, thank you for your comments. Thank you for your reviews. We appreciate it. This is the SBI show. Um, uh, alright, yeah, alright. Uh, fresh to death she is. From her steps to the set she is. So death might not let me live you did fresh uh-huh yes she is had a feeling that it would be a day like this the orchestra in my mind don't play like this nah but i'm prepared for it got a little red for it brushed off my ass even cut my hair for it because normally i don't care for
1: it don't even be looking for life like that the nigga